Welcome back to Look Who's Talking, episode 79. Every week there should be a Monday night doubleheader. Josh Allen should be a Brown, thank God he's not. And the Cowboys couldn't stop a girls soccer team. Here we go. Freestyle. Welcome back to Look Who's Talking, everybody. Ni hao, previet, hola, bonjour, ciao, and varagam, which is Sri Lankan. You're always learning stuff on this show, and it's not just our picks, which are 19 and 5 from your boy Hugh, 3 and 1 from Weird Michael. Hey, hey. As always, our show is brought to you by Huck Media. Follow them on Instagram, check them out on Facebook, go to huckmedia.com for all your media needs, the biggest, baddest empire in the world. Pardon? .ca. Sorry, Huck Daddy. Also, if you need a stats lady, Leslie is not available. She's ours. <laughs> uh, we got a big show for you coming off the Monday night doubleheader. Again, as Weird Mike has told me three times in our group chat, there should be that every week. Why is there nine games at one o'clock? We'll get to that in a second. He's looking at me right now like, why are you stealing my juice? Sorry, that's what I do when you want to have a long pregame meeting. That happens. Uh, yeah, some predictable outcomes last night on Monday Night Football. Big weekend in the NFL. I love these Buffalo Bills. And if you've watched them since the Jim Kelly Thurman era, you would too. Because they look nothing like our boys in blue. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Cam Newton sat out, probably earned himself a big paycheck as we heard on the herd. And uh, yeah, we're going to get in right back into our picks midway through the show because we are red hot. We're mucho picante. Uh, one guy who was mucho picante, he was avoiding the smash and sprinkle, which was very successful last year until he lost a game. Uh, his fish got squished, but he's got, uh, he's got his Bills jersey on. He knows where his heart is. Weird Mike, how are you? Um, from sweet smile in week three to super salty in week four, ASAP Rocky. Yes. It's a week to week league folks. Yes. This shit happens fast. And weird Mike's an emotional better. So you could tell pools, props, parlays, puking. They all got siphoned <laughs> out of weird Mike this week. Hard times. I told you to lay light. Oh, didn't quite. <laughs> and, um, I had to call up the uh, Sri Lankan crew for their uh, year-end skins event to uh, kind of dig out a bit of a hole that uh, happened. So shout out to Vani, NJ, Daya, and Gautam. The snake pit is closed, so equals more golf. <laughs> and, uh, How about that golf foursome? Sounds like a country. Uh, correction, it was a 12-some. Can you make that sound you made uh, at the moment when Russ beat your spread one more time for us that... What, what was that? Do one more time. It can't be repeated. I think we all know the sound Mike makes when he goes a little too far at the strip club. <laughs> wow! I got to go to the bathroom. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're going to spin out of the rut by uh, being extra grateful this holiday season across the Canadian coast-to-coast. -coast. Here in Canada, we got a lot of international listeners, yep. all corners of the globe. This Monday, this is our Thanksgiving episode. We celebrate. We're grateful here at Look Who's Talking for all of our subscribers, yep. our raters, our reviewers, our listeners, which are growing week by week. Giddy Why? Up. Because you're farving red hot, Hugh. <laughs> 19 and 5. Look grim. Look grim even for Hugh, guys. This is what I'm saying. Even the sharpest minds can look grim within a week. I'd like to keep in mind that I never really think things are grim in the first half of any games, whereas if one touchdown is scored against Mike's teams in the first four minutes, it's over. Throw the shirt it's over. Um, just the last uh, little nugget on Happy Thanksgiving. It's uh, steal your phone season. I know yes, the groups will be smaller. Yes, it is. So when you're at the turkey dinner, the pregame and the post, steal your cousin's phone, subscribe them to our show. Doesn't matter what. Everybody's got Spotify. Everybody's got the podcast. There's no excuses anymore. Doesn't matter what, ex what device. Even Nunna, even Grandma's got the phone. Hit the subscribe. Huck Media. Climbing. There we go. Uh, yes, please keep pressing the subscribe button. Please keep stealing your friends' phones and subscribing for them. Who cares? Doing them a favor. If they accidentally listen, they'll accidentally make some money because we are red, farvin' hot. Now, <laughs> speaking... I just pictured Grandma accidentally listening to yeah, episode 79. Sure, and hearing your... <laughs> well, we've also shouted her out twice already. Yeah. It's amazing. All right, we got a couple big things looking forward to this upcoming week. Before we get into that, we're just going to quickly go over what just happened in the last 48 hours in the NFL. And to do that properly, we actually brought in uh, coach that me and myself and Mike have known for years. Uh, coach Danny of the Arlene Mount Carmel football played with him, 
back when I was a quarterback and you guys were both receivers, I still remember the uh, practice where you got vertigo on a crossing route <laughs> and looked at me like I had just killed you by throwing it a foot behind. Sorry about that, That's Mike. That's a re reoccurring theme, Coach. From all the way from uh, Mississauga, Ontario, Coach Danny, how are you, big guy? Very good. Thanks for having me, guys. God bless you. Now, Coach, uh, before we get into the Monday Night Football games, we had a coach fired yesterday, a coach and a GM. Uh, from the 0-4 Houston Texans, he's won a lot of division titles, but since he became the GM, he made some questionable calls. Uh, any thoughts on Coach Bill O'Brien? Uh, well overdue, in my opinion. Uh, of course, I don't know Bill O'Brien personally. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of, of which, uh, just the fact that... Uh, I don't know. I kind of think his resume speaks for himself. Of course, he's 0-4 this season. Uh, but in the past, I mean, going all the way back to his New England days, he took over when Josh McDaniels, I think, went to uh, Denver as a coach. Basically uh, held Belichick and Brady's clipboard. I mean, I think we knew who ran the offense. The there. time slot hack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, time slot hack. Okay. Fair enough. And then he goes uh, to accepts a job that nobody wanted in, at, at Penn State after the situation that happened there. And you know what? He actually did a pretty good job at Penn State. I'll give him that. Yep. He got himself back on the map. Uh, he was hired by the Houston, Texas, and by all intents and purposes, was doing a good job. He was doing a good job in t uh, at Houston until, I, I believe, the owner died. Okay, the owner died. R.I.P. McNair. Questionable yep. gentleman. Yes. The, the GM stepped down, and he basically got both titles. And uh, I think from there on, that was kind of his... Uh, his death sentence there in, in Houston. He made some bad decisions. Right. He set himself up for a situation where you, if you didn't like him as the GM, you can't really fire him as the GM and then keep him as the coach. So uh, Bill O'Brien resurrected some dark days in Penn State. We can all admit that. Yep. Right. Uh, and now he's brought upon real dark days in Houston. Okay. Because they got no draft capital. They got a division that's extra hungry. Yep. With Minshew Mania and an aging Colts that's about to do well. So, you know, giveth, taketh away. Well, you trade two draft picks for two first round draft picks for Laramie Tunsil. You trade DeAndre Hopkins for a BLT sandwich without tomatoes. And your running back that you thought you were a genius for getting isn't really working out. You got probably one of the top seven quarterbacks in the world right now. And you're 0 4 with no draft picks coming up. What do you do if you're McNair's son? You're seeing all these memes. This guy isn't a football genius. You know, you know how hard it is to go on four with Deshaun Watson. You know how much Jesus loves that guy. Well, not enough to give him a better schedule. Okay, Baltimore, Kansas City, in Pittsburgh, and then the game that I guess everyone's hoping you win, Minnesota. They're desperate, and that's all she wrote. So shout out Ed Ponikvar, big listener of the show. Yep. This guy's been banging on Bill O'Brien. Oh, he hates him for three and a half years. The Texans are a half away from the AFC title game. And this guy's chirping every move he makes. Said he should have been fired in the playoffs last year after that <laughs> Buffalo debacle. Fire him at halftime in the Chiefs game. Yeah. Hey, so Call not even fraud. not even the black lab coats could save Bill O'Brien this time. Right. 0-4 okay. is 0-4, but I do agree an incredibly tough schedule to start off with if you compare it to other teams. Right. It's ridiculous. Also, the other thing to always remember is that maybe he's an asshole. And like, there's some things when people are fired and you're just like looking at their stats and you're like, well, they should be fired or they shouldn't. Yeah. But there's some things we never know that's going on within the office. Let me ask. It doesn't you. seem like a nice, the nicest guy. Did you ever uh, hear anybody say, oh, Bill O'Brien, great guy? No, not <laughs> once. No one ever said that. Hopkins borderline called him a racist. Yeah. <laughs> I got all my Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien info through Ed. Either way, leading into this week's game uh, might be part of our stay the far away section. Absolutely. In the new coach area. Growing in popularity. Growing in popularity, the stay the far away section. So, uh, anyway, that's enough about that. Monday Night Football, doubleheader. So, how did, how did we not be all in on this? It was always a week one treat, a week one delight. They started a bit late. They, Farvin, nailed it this week. 7.05, 9 p.m. Two NFL games every Monday. Double headers, week 1 through 15. Let's do it. Here we go. Okay? You pull one game out of the early set in 1 p.m. Doesn't even have to be a good game. Any game you want. Make it the worst game. Now, whoever had that broadcasting right, CBS, Fox, whoever, gets that 7 o'clock slot. Sure. Remember, folks, pregames are dead. Pregames suck. Okay, news feeds have replaced the pregame. I used to 
sit down Sunday morning countdown. before church, NFL countdown. Mike, that doesn't mean they're dead just because you stopped watching hey, them. <laughs> what I need from them is is gone. People watch the pregames. You know, come on, man. That's, a, that's about it. That's all they got. That's just what you like. Anyway, the point is two NFL games on Monday. Right now they got nine, ten games at one o'clock. Yes. It's a bit much even for the diehards. They've always had nine, ten games so, at one o'clock. So pull one. Get the, let's see what the numbers are, right? It was on CBS. It was a big game. Do you like I bet you it was big numbers. Time? I think Fox is going to want in. I don't like the crossover time. You don't get to watch the first half. Love everything about it. From no. 7 p.m. Okay. to midnight, you get football okay. on Monday. Okay. We don't have to start at 10.30 at night. Do you night. see? I do see, agree with that. you see the passion on that? I did. You, you get to skip the I, halftime. I'm hearing it. I'm I hearing love it. it I'm hearing it. So let me ask you this. Would you be willing to? Do you love it that much that if I asked you, you could change the Thursday night game to two Monday nights? Hey. Would you do that? I did not. not Say anything about Thursday night He's football, folks. I'm asking you a question. Uh, I'm uh, asking a question. Danny, nobody said anything about Thursday. It's so you like Thursday night football too? Thursday night football is amazing. Okay. Not put two. Let's not ruin it. So, But Monday, two you games. always got to kind of wait to get there. The game starts at 820. You don't want to show up to somebody's okay. house at 830 on Monday. I think you get a scheduling issue. We understand. I think you have too many games. You can't have three games during the week. I think it causes a scheduling nightmare. And I think that, hey, I don't want to discredit your Monday night the Games sober I, ying to the I raging yang. It. I enjoyed it. Hugh has found my kryptonite. My, I enjoyed it last night. My point is that, yes, I think we agree as fans, we love it. Okay, there's some logis logistical issues for the league, which is probably why they don't Fix do it. Fix them, Roger. But I'm not a fan of the crossover time. If both games are good, I want to watch the whole thing. I don't have any Farvin be thing better to do on Monday Night Football. 10.30 Eastern is too late, but though. But that one, that game now that's at 7 that you're competing with another game okay. is plucked out of a game that was already in obscurity. Mixed in with the nine. Yeah, I get it. We're not the league. You don't have to argue with us. We like it. Okay? I'm just saying there's probably reasons why I it's don't not... think you like it as much as you should, Jeff. Right. Anyway, let's talk about the games. With a G. Okay? The games that were on last night. We can't reschedule uh, the rest of the season. What's there to talk about? New England's fucking amazing. <laughs> New England's fucking amazing? That's yeah, what you took yeah. that? That's what I kind of took away from that, man. They lost I... 26 to 10. I know. <laughs> and Brian Hoyer made a junior football Quarterback mistake. I don't even think the junior football quarterbacks would make that no. mistake. No, you would have coached them up better, Coach Dan. Both before the half, they're down 6-3. They could score the touchdown, but if it's not there, you throw it away. Very obvious. He took a long sack. It wasn't even a quick sack. Like, oh, what? You, oh, God, that surprised me. No, no, no. He made like a four-second decision to maybe get sacked there. Junior football. Okay. I'd like to take off. Any more Brian Hoyer commentary now because we're not going to see him again. No. Okay, so so let's move on. His here career with, ended last night. With, uh, with the takeaway of last night. What's the takeaway from last night? To me, the takeaway is, is that Bill Belichick provided a template for how you can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And the way he did that is by great defense, disguising defenses. The guy plays man-to-man -man almost 80, 90% of the time. He goes almost exclusively zone. On the passing situations, he drops seven, not seven, eight guys, okay, keeps Mahomes in the pocket, does a fantastic job. Kansas City doesn't score a touchdown until the end of the third quarter. That's incredible. Yes. Uh, probably not even arguably, but the best offense in football. Absolutely. Okay. And then this guy, again, you don't want to take too much out of it, but I think if he has Cam Newton or a half-decent quarterback playing last night, uh, then they execute and they do, they probably win the football game. Right? Oh, yeah. I think Cam wins that game last night. I think Jared Stidman wins that game last <laughs> night. I told you, folks, he made a junior football error. Yeah. And that might be what propels me to 1,500 clams. Okay? okay? Campaign for push, you know, is live and well. So just let me finish this thought on Bill Belichick providing a template. I think this is the way you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. He showed you on defense. This is why so many teams wait till New England plays a team and then watches their video to see how they beat them. So we already talked about the defense. On offense, you run the ball. I think they ran for about 200 rushing yards last night. They were fairly successful on the ground. You get your defense a rest, okay, and then you're ready to go. And I think they provided a template that teams like the Buffalo Bills, teams like well, they haven't, but the Baltimore Ravens, teams like the Indianapolis Colts, can maybe use some of that Belichickian uh, defense to, to provide some... Uh... Yeah, no, I, I, interesting point on this, Danny. Uh, the Straight Out of Vegas guys, one of my favorite podcasts on Fox Sports 1 that I listened to, brought this up last week. Very interesting point. Saying that team, this is an actual betting trend. Once a team plays New England, that same team the next week is only 33% against the spread. So it's an actual trend. Uh, 
Belichick does provide a template on how to specifically beat every team individually. The last time the, the, the Chiefs lost, I believe, was against the Indianapolis, or uh, one of the last times they lost, last season against the Indianapolis Colts when they ran the ball down their throat. And it's the way that you can beat the Chiefs. Uh, anyway, great game, uh, great Monday Night of Football. My, my biggest question was thinking, like, after about three series of Hoyer, even before his junior football mistakes, was why was the how did this guy, after years of practice under Belichick, A, beat out Stidham, B, possibly be part of the plan if Cam never arrived in New England? I'm just watching this guy, like, how was this the plan? Do you remember when Peyton Manning got hurt uh, in his Colts heyday? And they were like undefeated. He gets hurt, and some guy who's like works at your local gas station comes in, and we the season was done. It was over. They have this rock star team, and this guy like butt fumbles two times and lets the Jets in the playoffs. Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> wow, that's the name of the pass there. All right, now what? Uh, what about the other game? Uh, Falcons, Packers. Takeaways from that game quickly. Aaron Rodgers is amazing. Right now, Aaron Rodgers looks as good as any quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, he completely dominated the team. Uh, Atlanta, I mean, not that you should have beat Green Bay, but just just a point here. Three years ago, you could argue that Atlanta has Matt Ryan, Julio Jones now, Todd Gurley. Three years ago, those guys were all probably arguably the best players at their positions. MVP. And these guys haven't won a game yet. <laughs> so I'll tell you that. That's the next coach in the hot seat. So you would you have fired him? 0-4 with that Monday night loss? Empty Lambo? I don't love to fire somebody after they lose to a really good team. That, yeah. That's just me. I want to watch them, you know, lose. If they go in and lose to a Carolina, or if they go in and lose to whoever else, and I don't know, I don't have their schedule right in front of me, but another poor team, I think that's the time to pull the plug. I think you have to ask yourself as well, is are we firing this guy because we think we can recover and make a playoff run? Like, I think Houston's thinking, if we get rid of Bill O'Brien, we're still alive. Don't, yeah. you, don't you get that sense, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, here's the thing that I, I took away from last night, okay? Yeah, I, look, I was week one, truth of the week, believe in Aaron Rodgers this year. I've seen this before. All-world talent, it's pissed phenomenal. off. They drafted his replacement. The last time I saw this, yeah, the Packers, about seven, 16 or whatever, 11 years ago, when Favre had an okay season, but like, you know, still basically was the best player on the team. They draft Rodgers. He comes out the next year, one of his best seasons statistically as a Packer. They go all the way to the, cha the NFC Championship game. Uh, now, my question is, is because some point during that game last night, they showed the starting Falcons secondary. You know where they were? They were in sweatsuits and masks on the field. Uh, they're starting safety. They're two starting DBs. So now I'm looking at, is this the reason... That A, Aaron's throwing to wide open people and tight ends caught three touchdowns that we've never heard of before. Wide open. Hashtag Robert Tom. Is this the reason Nick Foles came out and looked like a world beater with one quarter with the with the with with the, the Bears? This is also the reason that Dak Prescott threw five hundred yards a couple weeks ago and is leading the whole world in passing yards. Are the Falcons making quarterbacks look amazing? And if you were already good, like Rogers. You look like you're playing the best football of your life, throwing to these wide-open guys. I'm going to touch on this a little bit more on the Truth of the Week, and uh, well, you know, let's move on. Let's, Mike, you got one more thing? No. Are we going to start counting Truth of the Weeks in your Hugh picks? Because you keep saying that you're right with them a lot. So, like, you know, I say we put them at hey, the end. You'd be wrong a few. You know what? we got a few rights. It's a perfect segue. It's actually 47 and 23. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect segue. From our teacher. Perfect segue into, into our next little point here, how my Truth of the Week was wrong. Uh, about two weeks ago. There you ago. go, one and one. You see, level hey, it out. Not bad. I was running the Khalil Mack trade a couple years ago. Two okay. and one. Rack <laughs> it up. And, but here's the thing. I, uh, I think, I, I, think I, I need to settle down on Nick Mullins. Okay? Yes. yes. Please <laughs> settle. I'm staring into Huck's eyes. He's also relaying the settle vibes. Well, I mean, look. Okay, so some people have a man crush on Jimmy G for his jawline. I'm looking more at the way his shoulders move when he's throwing fundamental throws, which I don't think Kyle Shanahan likes a lot. But my truth of the week was, listen to the coach. He knows the players better than we do. And then two days later, he came out and said, you guys are all idiots. Jimmy G's our starter as soon as he's healthy. And I'm like, okay, maybe he's, maybe he's only saying that because I'm so right. And he's trying to back up Jimmy G's confidence. And then Nick Mullins goes out there and kind of uh, throws the game away for the Niners, and they were fighting hard. So you're going to settle down on 
Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Yes. And I'm going to ask everybody to get hyped. Get jacked. <laughs> Just don't get COVID. It's the look who's talking bowl. Yes. Bills at Titans. Second annual. Fourth season of the show. 79th episode. Your two favorite teams. Bills Mafia. Remember the Titans. Hashtag don't get COVID. This is the best best Bills team I've seen Woo! since puberty. And uh, since puberty. Josh Josh Allen should be a Cleveland Brown. We talked about that last week. Thank you for passing Thank on. Thank you. Him. God bless you. And he will be the quarterback for us for I, I keep hearing like, oh, for the next decade, for the next decade. Are you watching football nowadays, the way they're protecting quarterbacks? He's a big Wyoming farm tank. Okay? Big Ben's just played for 15, 16 years, not even planning on retiring. Brady's 43 through five touchdowns last week. Josh Allen will be the quarterback for the next 15 years. And I can't wait to bring my son there. Don't have him yet. <laughs> and uh, one thing I want to talk about before we get into this game is Josh Allen, love him. But every now and then, just like that uh, playoff game against the Texans last, last year, and one particular moment stood out to me in the Raiders game last, la a couple days ago. He seems to have a moment every third or fourth quarter that reminds me a lot of Favre, and it was the moments that got him mostly in trouble. When he's 12 yards in the backfield being chased by kind of a weak blitz, but they got through, and he has, they're up, they're winning, and he has this decision to make, like, okay, I've already wiggled away from one and a half guys. Do I throw it away now? Or do I watch him have this moment where he's like, this might be the best play in NFL history. And he tries but to escape or, or lateral. It makes him great. I know. It makes it exciting. You, you've already not settled. You said you were going to settle. He didn't settle. And you didn't settle. I'm, not, I'm just uh, pointing out. It's if, over. If there's Mullins one, is done. There's, there's not Mullins. I'm, oh. talking about, I'm talking about Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Okay? He's got these weird moments that reminds me of Brett Favre, and that was the one thing that got him into trouble. I hope. I just want to say it for the last time on the show, Mullins. Yes. Mullins. I don't think we're even going to say his name again. Okay. Uh, okay, sorry. Back to the... Uh, to the bowl here yes. with uh, Tennessee and Buffalo. I, I, I got to wonder here. You guys are saying this is four years running. The okay. show. The show's four years running, and yes. now we got our Tennessee-Buffalo matchup. What did you call it, Mike? The Look Who's Talking, Talking Bowl. Bowl. Weird Mike called it the Look Who's Talking Bowl, and I think this is where the name originated from, with Weird Mike Rabel <laughs> heading the sideline for the Tennessee Titans. Yep. Okay, and now we have our very own Weird Mike here today, so maybe this is what's drawing Mike so interested. Mike, what are you most excited about seeing in this game? Um, I'm excited that the Bills are finally getting the breaks that have eluded them since Jeff turned puberty, or whenever that was. <laughs> the 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 miracle, the the, the music. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Tennessee it, it, and it's come full circle. Yes, I think it was the first year of the stadium. By the way, I think that's when Huck was born. That was the, the last the best Bulls, Bills team. Uh, you know, I obviously they've been in the playoffs since Still twice. This is the best team, clearly. Of course, they should have played Flutie. I am. Huck Daddy, were you born on the day of the Music City Miracle? Are you Is the Music why? City Huck Daddy? I don't know. I was on a cruise ship at the time. It was January 3rd, 1999 from the 98 season. No, I was born well before that. Okay. Oh, that was uh, Muskoka Young Looks. Kept you going, eh? Huck Daddy, who do you like in the Look Who's Talking Bowl? Tennessee is currently a one and a half point favorite at home versus the wagon-circling Buffalo Bills. Jeff, who do you think I like? The Titans are coming off the COVID buy. Do you like the Titans, coach, or do you like the Bills? I like the better football team. I like the better prepared team. I like the better coach team. I like the Buffalo Bills this week, and I like them by a touchdown. Ooh. I'm proposing the first ever non-Hugh Weird Mike show bet. <laughs> coach Dan, Huck Media, 20 beans. Look who's talking, ball. Let's do it. Pick them. Take the number off the board. Man on man. Undefeated team against undefeated team. That's never happened and probably never going to happen again in the Look Who's Talking Bowl. I like where this is going. And by the way, if you ever let Mike Angeletti uh, babysit your kids, this is what happens 20 <laughs> minutes in. Oh, you want that block? You want that block? 20 beans. It's actually happened already. <laughs> uh, I just want to... Uh, 
I, I think that Huck and I can put a bet here that's better than money. And maybe next time I, I join as a special guest, if I'm able to, uh, we bet on, and the loser brings the beer. So, we, so I got to tell you here, the coach, the coach arrives today, the producer <laughs> arrives today, and he said, hey, you want a drink? Sure, we'd love a beer, Mike. Uh, no problem. I got a cooler for you, a gin smash. It's a Coaches s- don't drink that stuff. <laughs> Smirnoff ice, ice berry blast. Lombardi would use it as a spitter. <laughs> Well, it's delicious, and it's got these. Uh, it's got this salty smile. Yeah, turned upside down a little bit. Either way, they, the teams match up well together. I mean, you got a physical King Henry running the ball against a good Bills defensive front. I love Ed Oliver out of Houston. He's really stopping the run on that uh, left side. And what's the spread, Jeff? What do you got in that game? It's one and a half. One I did not half. touch this game. Pickums, pickums. It's, it's, it's going to close up pickum. Probably a closer to pick them. It's one and a half right now. Now, Huck mentioned something interesting. The COVID buy. Okay? COVID buy. Because a lot of teams, Pittsburgh just got a full buy. No COVID bye week, basically. That's the COVID buy. Now, Tennessee gets a COVID buy. They actually, you know, a bunch of their team and organization members got COVID. So you might ask yourself as a better, how much does this matter? Now, I would ask you, how many important players on Tennessee actually contracted COVID? We don't, you know, it's, it's not that many. So... Weird Mike Rabel, the coach, does he spin this into an advantage? Does this actually make it harder? I don't know. I think there's just too many variables to account for. Sure, maybe none of the stars got the big C, the little C. Um, I would say (laughs) that it's affected the room. You don't know how people's families reacted. You don't know what kind of pressure people are under to not play, perhaps. Yep. How, many, uh, how much time have they spent together? How much meetings? time have they spent together? Right. You just don't know. When you add up too many variables, usually the tower crumbles. Usually. Yes. I like the Bills. I'm going to side with Coach Dan. So would, you say, would you say that if the Tennessee... I, I could see Tennessee, though, if they win this game, it being a momentum-building win for their season. I think they're right on track. Yeah. Even if they go three and one. Do you think they win the division? Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. I got a little futures on Indy. Okay. Uh, hashtag spoiler. All right. <laughs> um, but look who's talking ball, baby. One I, o'clock CBS. I Centennial would, Studios is open. I would lean bills, but I'm not going to pick that game. I'm just too red hot to pick games. They're that tight. Uh, yeah. Okay. Look, we're going to get right into our picks after this, but we got a new segment that we are calling Halftime Adjustments. With Coach Danny. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. All right, let's get into some halftime adjustments here. Okay, I got a couple of questions I'd like to pose at the people involved here tonight. Weird Mike and Jeff, here we go. Uh, I refer to them... They're called the NFC East. I refer to them right now as the NFC least because no one seems to want to win a football game. The only team that's winning, leading the division, won their first game in week four, the Philadelphia Eagles. One, two, and one leading the NFC least. So my question for you guys is, who is going to win the NFC least and get most likely an undeserved playoff spot? You know, it's interesting. I, I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they have the best quarterback in the division. I think those receivers will get healthy eventually. And because they get to play the NFC least, that they got some easy games on their schedule. I, when Washington switches to Kyle Allen, like I think they will, uh, Riverboat Ron seems to like him. He brought him over. He's his guy. And the Giants are just going to get worse and worse, especially if they uh, switch quarterbacks. You named every team in the division. Who are you taking? Philly. I said Philly. You got to listen. Philly. Yeah. I think... <laughs> Philly won it with garbage last year. Boston Scott and some lawn furniture. <laughs> some uh, term that stuck out in my Boston mind. Scott sounds like a brand of lawn furniture. Dallas wins it. McCarthy off to a rough start. Uh, their system sets in. They're putting up record numbers. Some of it's trash. Some, most of it's real. Cowboys win the NFC least. I agree. I just think Dallas has too good at offense to not win it. Let's move on. Okay, okay we got... Uh, here's a crazy question for you guys. Over, under... On New York City teams, the Jets and the Giants, over, under, on wins this season between them. I got it set at a total of a lousy six. What do you guys think? Let's start with Weird Mike. Push. <laughs> they each win three games. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, it's a flat number. Yeah, yeah, love yeah, it. That's fine. Love it. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to go under. 
I'm going to go under. I think the Giants win three or four games, and the Jets win two. I think that's fair, and I think the Giants might only win four because they have Washington and sure. a couple other terrible teams in the, in the sure. NFC. I'm going to slowly backpedal on my Giants or the new Jets. Yeah. Well, I didn't but even know until that. they win, oh, they knew. No one really even oh, knew what that some meant. some terrible football going on in New York City is the, the point of this. Okay, <laughs> uh, question for you guys. There's a couple teams out here. I think we all unanimously agree, despite not a great performance last night, that the Kansas City Chiefs are the class of the AFC and the best team. So my question to you, and we'll start with Jeff on this one, is Jeff, who is the second best team in the AFC? I think it's very, very, very close. Uh, but I would take the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they have the most total defense. They have a veteran uh, Hall of Fame quarterback that is now healthy. I'm not saying he's playing top-notch football right now, but I trust him and his weapons on offense, his offensive line, and Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden, and that great defense, TJ Watt. They're my second-best team. Mike, Weird Mike, who's your second-best team in the AFC? Second-best team in the AFC? I said it earlier, hashtag spoiler, it's the Indianapolis Colts. Hard-nosed, well-coached, great leadership. A um, little has, bit of injury bug first. Has Phillip Rivers ever been the second-best team in a conference? I think he's constantly been the second-best oh, team in the AFC. A couple AFC title games. Hey, Colts, talk okay. about it. Okay, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go with a different team than both of you and again, they haven't played anybody of great extreme yet. Maybe I'm jumping on the local bandwagon, but I think that from top to bottom, the Buffalo Bills are the second best team right now in the AFC. It's very they were they were third for me. Nobody said Baltimore. No. Nobody said Baltimore. Have we lost that much faith in Lamar Jackson and the hey, Baltimore hey, Ravens? Hey, 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 you you're new to the show here. Don't be pushing my f- football Ravens flock feelings so, around. Oh, okay. He's okay. a he's a proud member of the flock. He sits in the nest. It took f- a lot to say Indy. He sit, and not Buffalo. He sits on the eggs in the I, Ravens I didn't flock even say nest. Buffalo. I said I think Baltimore's a pretty good damn team who has a kryptonite right now in Kansas City. Here, that was my point. Here's my Deep problem down, with, here's my problem with Baltimore. I don't have a problem with them beating all the teams below them on the list. But I think the Pittsburgh, I think Buffalo, and I think Kansas City, uh, and even Indy. They love to beat up the weak. Like they, yeah, they'll beat up on the weak, but I, I really think they'd be an underdog on a neutral field against the four teams that we'd put above them in the AFC. You always have that guy in your teammate that beats up the weak, the guy who leads scoring yeah. against the teams you beat 9-1. Sure, yeah. and you could do that want with a great running attack. I want a couple MHL scoring titles like that. That's exactly what I'm talking about. What? Eight goals against Applewood. Here we go. Question do- four. Last question here in the halftime run. How much, and this is going to be talked about, I'm sure, in the upcoming Hughes picks, but how much does home field matter this year with no fans in the stand? And just let me give you a small stat here before I get your opinion, guys. This year, uh, straight up, no spreads home teams are 32 28 and one okay so my question my final question to you guys here is how many points this year is home field worth great question great question so normally for you betters back are you listeners back at home you look who's talkers if you're not aware of this already we talk about this on some episodes it's normally three points that you are given for home field three points so if you ever see a, a team favored by three at home, that's Las Vegas generally saying to you, these two teams are even. Now, this year, I think because of the lack of crowd noise, the lack of just the you know, aura within the stadium, but a lot of just it being crowd noise, more important than any other sport, that that numbers, and as the stats are pointing to us, Danny, that's good, is much closer to about one, maybe one and a half. So you're going from three yes. down to one. Yeah. You can hear yourself on offense. I'm going more. More. More of a difference? It's negative three. Switches the fence. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's a weird my <laughs> comment. It switches the it's fence. It's not even neutral? It's not even neutral. You're disadvantaged to play at home. Yes. Okay, why, Mike? You're getting away from your routine. This is exciting for these people. These people are trapped in bubbles. There's a pandemic out there, folks. There's strict protocols. These people are finally getting a sliver. These rookie QBs are playing in... Uh, empty stadiums. I love that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got Joe Burrow. You got uh, Justin Herbert playing their first games. And you guys, uh, we, we've talked about in the past, Herbert's looked great so far. Burrow's looked great. But have, have they had the real test of going in to New Orleans on a Monday night with the rabid fan base, right? Hashtag Pope Whistleblowers. <laughs> this Monday night, you talked about Houston Sked. Justin Herber- Herbert walks in from Oregon, big man on campus, first three games. 
the defending champs on a coffee's notice. Yep. Tampa Bay at the pirate ship, which is rocking, by the way. The wenches in full effect wearing masks and not patches. Stay safe, people. Not a whole lot weird Mike likes more than pirate hookers who work for a team. Uh, <laughs> nobody cares in Central Florida. That's what I took away from the Bucks chargers game. Um, but Herbert's first three starts, Mahomes, Brady, and Monday night, Drew Brees, Drew Brees in the superless Superdome. It's a hell of a way to start. So I just want to... Uh, I think it jumps the fence. I just want to discredit you on one way here because so far home teams are 32-28-1, uh, which shows that so far home teams have actually still had a little bit of an advantage. Yes, but that might be less of an advantage than years past. Here's the other thing. There's the, the, the mental thing. When you're the home team, this is going on your point, Mike, is that... Not only are you... Just because he's raising his voice doesn't mean he's disagreeing with Correct. Him, and yeah. doesn't mean he's right. Right. Correct. I like that. Now, what I'm saying is not only is it the home, the home crowd and you being able to hear yourself on offense, which for a rookie quarterback is massive, but also and when you're the home team, you almost have that expectancy that the other team will struggle somewhat more. You're almost ready to dominate because you're at home. Well, you're and, they, and they come in first series, they're audibling, no problem, and all of a sudden... It's it's even more of a lack of home field advantage because it's a, it's a the away team game. is yeah, it's a neutral site. Game. I, I, I think zero your, might even be the your, best. One. Your discredit is is not that great because remember we're talking about what it's worth. That doesn't necessarily mean what the spread is. Right. You right, understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. I'm just so giving the you number yes as is doesn't necessarily reflect sure my feelings. I, on the subject, how bizarre right. they might be. I think you went it's about not anti-step. Let's call a spade a spade. You went about two and a half points too far. No, but uh, so flip the fence. Sure, six points in the other way. Call anyway, it five. We'll we call will five. move two. on. Five, now, seven. as a nice theme for our picks this week, I'm glad we talked about home field advantage or lack thereof, because you will notice a theme in this week's you picks. You. All right, we are 19 and 5. Check out your friends' pick six contests or the one that you're in. Check the standings. You would be in first or a slight second. You daddy. Uh, but remember to email me about that very same pick six that you're in next August because I should be in more. <laughs> All right. Uh, cue the Obi Trice, and here we go. I think it's already going. <laughs> With our gold pick this week, I'm taking my babies. The ones who I always go to for gold at the end, end of the rainbow. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers minus seven at home against the Philadelphia Eagles who made me a lot of money on Sunday night. Except Carson Wentz and the boys coming back from the West Coast trip late Sunday night are not throwing against the backup DBs of San Francisco anymore or facing the backup defensive ends of San Francisco anymore. They're going against a rested, a COVID rested Pittsburgh Steelers team at home. 3-0. Totally healthy. They got TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward coming at you. They got Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick and company in the secondary. Uh, so your old Dominion receivers and your former practice squad receivers, they're not going to do as well against this Pittsburgh Steelers, regardless of the fact that there isn't quite as big of a home field advantage. I think it's a bad spot for the Eagles to come in and lose unexpectedly. I'm taking them at minus 7. I feel like this will go up to minus 7.5, so take it at 7. Silver pick, I'm taking Joe Burrow. And the Cincinnati Bengals, plus 13. Now, people love the Ravens. Fantasy football players love the Ravens betting-wise. I'm not saying it's a bad team, Mike. Okay, and They probably are going to win over uh, 10 games. However, they got you to stop thinking that a running quarterback can cover all these spreads, okay? They were lucky to almost cover last week. They didn't when they got 14 and a half against Washington. All right? Now, the other thing, it's a division game. Joe Burrow doesn't quite know the Ravens that well, but the Bengals do. They've seen this running attack now three times, okay? I think this Bengals coaching staff, this Bengals defense, can at least make this game uh, interesting and follow the recipe that Kansas City has put forth, try to score early, play run defense, see what happens. Lamar Jackson broke a 50-yard run, okay? And they got a fumble in a weird spot. Otherwise, that game would have been closer last week, and that was against Washington. This is a quarterback's league, folks. Get on Joe Burrow while Vegas hasn't quite caught up yet. Joe Burrow should be 13-point underdog right now, uh, really against anybody except Kansas City. Okay, my bronze pick. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football, plus seven. 
Okay? They are plus seven going into Seattle. Again, this is what Coach Danny was talking about. Home field is not what it used to be. Going into Seattle on Sunday night football should be a nightmare. A nightmare. That place gets so loud. You know who doesn't like nightmares, especially in primetime? Kirk Cousins. Hates it. Okay? So yes, it's a primetime game. I ain't saying the Vikings are going to win. But look up the last six years of football. The number one coach against the spread, Mike Zimmer. Great, great coach. You know who he's got this year that has kind of been a sleeping rookie giant? This Jefferson rep receiver out of LSU. This guy can play. He catches the ball on weird axes. He's fast as soon as he catches it. And he's one of the reasons that they won last week over Houston and cost Coach Bill his job. I like the Vikings keep this one close. They still think they're a playoff team. Regardless of what you think of them, they're going to Seattle to win that game. Seattle has barely covered the spread in three of their four games. Okay? They smashed Atlanta, but as the season has proved, that's not hard to do. Okay? They barely covered against Dallas. It was a last-minute touchdown with Russell Wilson, where they would not have covered. They almost lost to Dallas in Seattle. That's Dak Prescott. Okay? Then, last-minute cover against New England. I would call it a last-second cover. Julian Edelman catches that ball. They lose outright to New England. Not only do they not cover, okay? Plus, New England could have kicked a field goal to cover the spread, but they wouldn't have because they're trying to win the game. Either way, Seattle's been barely covering these touchdown spreads. I expect the Vikings to be winning, slash in it till the end. Last-second field goal, classic Russ win on a classic Vikings-Seattle game. These guys know each other really well. Fourth pick, we are taking the New York Giants, plus 10, going into Dallas. Yep, Dallas has a great offense when they are losing by two touchdowns, okay? it's Or more. Yeah, or more, okay? This is, uh, it's just not, the stats are, be, this passing stats are becoming less and less viable when you're picking games. There really needs to be a new stat which separates garbage time passing to actual competitive football passing, okay? I don't care if Dak Prescott throws for 6,000 yards this year and they go 3-13, and 13, who cares? And win the division? Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they win the division. Okay? The my, point is, my point is, if you are giving up 300 yards of rushing in the NFL, you should not be getting 10 points against anybody, especially a division rival with their starting quarterback, especially when the, they're... Yeah, the Giants are 0-4, and they're a game and a half out of the division lead. So even though you think they suck, they don't. They were a bad coaching decision and a bad pick away from beating the Rams in New York and L.A. last week. So take the Giants plus 10, and we're going to... Okay, I know I've been on them all year, but I, I like this pick too much this week. Because they've looked so bad the last two weeks, you're getting a decent number against the worst team in football. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals, minus seven. Now, you think this would be emotional. They've cost me, you know, two weeks in a row, but I, I can't get away. I still believe in Kyler Murray and a pretty healthy cards team. Yes, they're inconsistent, but the Jets are a dumpster fire. So I'm going to, even with three days to prepare, what does that even mean for the Jets? They're more injured now. Sam Darnold, questionable with his shoulder. I got shoulder injuries. They're not easy to come back from. Okay? Mekhi Becton, their number one draft pick, monster as, at left tackle, questionable with a shoulder injury. So is the rest of their team. By the way, if you're a Jet right now and you're questionable, are you leaning towards playing or sitting? I'm going to sit. All right? Keep yourself healthy. Earn a paycheck next year. I am taking with my last pick the Los Angeles Chargers plus seven and a half on Monday Night Football in the not-so-superdome. Justin Herbert has proven that he's got an arm and that uh, good NFL defenses don't bother him. Went up against Kansas City with a cup of coffee to prepare. By the way, folks, cold shower and a cup of coffee, really all you need in life. Okay? This guy can throw. He's not scared. He doesn't get uh, faded in the pocket. I really like how he shifts a little bit left and right, kind of like Brady. Uh, Burrow does the same thing. It's a good thing to see in a young quarterback. I don't think he's in over his head against uh, the, the New Orleans defense, who still might be missing Marshawn Lattimore and uh, Janoris Jenkins. Now, they made the Lions look stupid. Drew Brees, they probably win this game. But that extra half point, I really like. And I'm going to take that on one night football with no crowd noise in the Superdome, which should be the worst place to play. I think Vegas is still giving those two and a half, three points for the home field. And that'll be two and a half, three points too much. Saints win by six. Those are my Hugh picks. We're 19 and five this year. Let's keep her going. Let's keep her going, Hugh. That's a serious record, brother. 19 and five. Ain't nothing to sneeze at. Before the weird pick, of course, you know, I don't even like to call it a rebuttal. I like it to just talk, just an open discussion. Yeah, before you go picks. in your weird pick, I want to hear what Coach Danny thinks too as well. Because just, uh, that's rude of you to assume that I would bogart him. 
from his thoughts. But uh, sure, I've done ruder things to you. <laughs> yeah, you've done ruder but, things to me, but not on air. Was that really rude? I don't think so. It was a reminder. You'll be okay. all right. I will be all right. Folks. Okay. What do you What do you like about my picks? What do you not like? Uh, obviously, the Chargers, Superdome, been at nausea. Love it. Um, the Vikings, a lot of familiarity there. Yeah, they got playoff games. Yeah, won some games. I got busted out on a Survivor in Seattle. With a shitty Vikings team when Seattle was rolling teams with the beast mode and everything. Yep. So be careful, Survivor. You know, folks, Seattle ain't what she used to be uh, without the without the twelfth man. Right. Like you said, and their defense is struggling. And Dalvin Cook's running the ball really well. You know, I don't think uh, a one win team should be ten point favorites over anybody. So right. go with the math. You know, yep. there's no no harm in that. Don't don't outthink the room. If you think it's too much, go with it. Uh, I guess the biggest uh, pluck on those picks, Hugh, was you really fought hard for those Cardinals. Yep, you were you were you were going down the I list. Know. When I you were five six deep on the list card. I know as to why. And folks, when a team gets humiliated on national TV, like the Jets did eleven days ago. Yep, weird shit happens, especially in Gotham. Sure. Sorry. What if you get humiliated? 16 weeks in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually he catches up. I'm just saying. No, that's a good point, though. You you went a little long on the Arizona card. Yes. Clearly, the Jets suck. We know that. It's because I've been pulling our... All we're asking is that if Arizona loses this week, they cannot be on your picks of the week next week. I will agree to that. I'll agree to that. same reason that my weird pick is not the Dolphins, because I can't beat two losses and both of them be with Fitzmagic. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. And again, I... I've been taking a lot of look who's talkers with me too. A lot of people are taking Arizona with me, so I, I yeah. did, I did not want to pick them this week. Yeah, back off. But Get that your number's own sandwich, that please. number's too good. So one got, touchdown over the Jets, sure. I got one comment to make with your picks, and maybe I'm going to make a comparable here. Yep. Have we watched Seattle? Although Russell Wilson's been fantastic, yeah. have we watched them really dominate anybody? Do you, do you kind of get the sense they haven't played great teams yet, and they they could be a little bit of the NFC's version of Buffalo? Or am I overdoing? I, I I don't know. They haven't dominated teams. I, I think I actually think you're overdoing it, guys. They're four and zero. They've scored thirty points every week. Sure, a couple of them were miracles. One of them was against the best team of the last twenty years. Yep. That's their good win. That's their good win. And the other one was an opening week game across the country in a pandemic. Let's not discredit, you know, the opening win against the Falcons. It was still week one. Sure. A lot of people took the Falcons. Yep. It was a real trendy pick. Okay. So they're winning games. And you winning, coach. Winning games, winning games is very. I, yeah, I don't take anything away from them. I just think that maybe the spread's a little high, and that's right. why I also side with you on the, the Minnesota last second covering spreads. Mike, you should know this. I squished the. You, they hey, squished hey, your fish. Hey. It wouldn't be the first time Weird Mike blew two G's in South Beach, okay? <laughs> Just so you know, all right? You know, you so know Robert took, Kraft's favorite massage I took, place. I took a hit. <laughs> weird, weird Mike took a left to the jaw, went down to one knee, yep. standing eight count. Here we go. All right, who's your pick this week? Smash and Sprinkle returns. I said I'd do it when I got off the victory train. Well, Fitzmagic, a.k.a. Fitztragic, Made a little chunk disappear for Weird Mike. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get it back two ways, twofold. We're sprinkling on the Bills. Hey, hey, hey. Three and one <laughs> is the pick. We're taking the Bills out of pick em in the COVID look who's talking bowl. Love it. Sprinkle that for all the reasons we talked about earlier. You got them at 1.5 right now. Take Correction. The 1.5. Correction, everybody. Plus 1.5. Yeah, take it. I forced you guys into a pick <laughs> Yes. Doesn't mean it actually is. Yeah. One point spread can farve you. He's a big forcer. <laughs> Rudy, Luke, <laughs> fight for the cereal. <laughs> Bills, sprinkle, plus 1.5 in the Look Who's Talking Bowl. Mike, and I will be smashing. Allow me to clarify. I will be semi-smashing. <laughs> on the Oakland correction Vegas Raiders who knows plus anymore. 12 and a half at KC it is a division game oh, Las Vegas is capable <laughs> and you know one of my bankable stats on this show four seasons thanks for listening 79 episodes Monday night winners rarely cover doesn't matter that the game got pushed it happened on Monday, one last day. They shouldn't have even won that game. We talked about it. 
12 and a half? Am I crazy? Should I put my big dog goggles on and take the other way and try and gain two-thirds on the pool? Negative. Trust your gut. It's growing during COVID. 12 and a half. <laughs> the Raiders, semi-smash, and a big sprinkle on our beloved Bills Mafia and the Look Who's Talking Bowl. We're three and one. We're going to five and one. And I'm trying to catch our host, like all of y'all, in our pick six sweepstakes brought to you by Look Who's Talking. Break your tables, circle your wagons, grab, hop on the Wyoming Farb Tank on the way to victory. Uh, coach Danny, do you have a coach's pick for us this week? Whoa. No yeah. pressure? No I pressure? Co- I got a coach's pick. Oh, on, like the okay. I got on, one, on the record. On the record off the record? No, I got one pick here on the record. Yeah, right now. on the record. And the pick I like is, and I, and I don't even necessarily love the team, but I just think it's way too many points, is I like Miami plus eight and a half at San Francisco. I just think, where do we get off here giving San Francisco eight and a half points against anybody right now? Half their team is still missing. We don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. Might, Jimmy, Jimmy, might be Jimmy G. Might be Mullins. Might be Captain Beathard. <laughs> Whoever that is. Okay, <laughs> And that's why I like Miami, who's played pretty good football besides finishing the drives. Of course, it's a big part. I'm not underestimating that. I just think eight and a half points is a lot. And I will give you one more quick Watch this week, and no one's talked about it yet. I think better than we expect. The Cleveland Indianapolis game is going to be a great game. Great game. Enjoy that one. Great game. Game. So sometimes amazing games can still make the stay the far away from right. It's not gender bias to great games. But uh, you mentioned we don't know who's starting for the Niners. Nick Mullins was a backup who didn't want to be a backup who hired an, a top-notch agent. Yes. To become a one. The one spot became available. Mm -hmm. He was the one. And then he got replaced by a three. So Nick Mullins went from two to one in his head to real one Mm -hmm. to now holding a clipboard in San Fran. I think he lost the room. You think he's three? I think he's three now. When you get replaced by a three coach, aren't you a three? I guess. I've, so, never, I've right? never had the luxury of having three quarterbacks in high school. Injury, I don't think injury. the Niners have that luxury either, to be honest with you. Was it two? <laughs> had the one, replaced by a three. Ipso facto, blah, blah, blah. You are three. I'll in, tell his, you, in history, the only court, the only Mullins we're going to be talking about is Chris Mullins. I'll, later t- on. I'll okay. tell you one thing. They got three B quarterbacks, all right? doesn't matter who they play. I like the Dolphins, too. Okay. Okay. Um, no, you thought so well as CJ. One, uh, one quick thing. Um, there was, uh, we, we talked some analytics decisions on this show, and... Uh, it came up. It came up. We talked about it. I talked about this before the analytics guys did on Fox because we saw it the, the next week. If you are up by one point late in the third quarter or fourth quarter and you score a touchdown, you should go for two points because you, if you miss, you're up seven. But if you get it, you are up two possessions. And with the dim- diminishing time left in the game, analytics points to it. But if you really just think about it, Opportunistic-wise, that's a better way to win the game. The Bills were up by one on the Raiders, scored a touchdown late, and did not go for two, went for one. Went up eight. Went up eight, but we're still only up one possession plus the two-point conversion. What do you think, Danny? Our coach, Danny. That's a sorry. That's a good, that's a great point. And you know what? I've never thought about it that way. Coaching it, Canadian football, you always have a couple extra points in play. It's true, right? Okay, couple but, rouges. But but listen, that, it actually makes a whole ton of sense uh, because if you stay up seven, the team trying to catch you is only going to tie you. They're not right, going to go gonna for gonna two. Go, right, right. And if you're able to go up nine. Change okay. the game. Game over. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good so point. The Bills did I've not do this analogy. against the Raiders, but we've seen this happen a bunch of times with good analytics teams. Although eight, going up eight as opposed to seven forces a team to convert on something that only happens, what, about 50% no. of the time? What does yeah. it happen? Well, it doesn't matter. The two-point conversion ain't what she used to be, right? Before, it was like this mythical play. Oh, my God, they're going for two. Now it's... Everybody's got a million two-point plays. Of course. But what's the percentage? Right. It's not anywhere near a single point. No, it's probably still 50-50. So a single point's in the 90s, and a two-point conversion's, what, 60% maybe? Yeah. Sounds about right. I just think that's a good argument. Yeah. So So it's just interesting. It's something to watch for as we go on, as analytics dictates more of the football you're watching, folks. If you ever see your team going for two in positions where you're like, this is weird, I don't understand this. Analytics. Analytics, and some of it's right. If you ever want to go ahead, because these guys call me out on a lot of stuff. This is all catalog, folks. Hugh was on this. I think it was an episode eight, Truth of the Week. Early. Go for two. Go for two. When Se- you're, 71 when episodes ago? Dig <laughs> it up. 
It's catalog. I'll find it. I'll we'll find we'll it. T- we're going to tally these memories, truths of the guys. weeks. And I, I, I think you're, you know, it's definitely plus. So if you want to add those to your record, Hugh. Yeah. Now, um, one thing that he, he uh, does not. One thing I want to bring up quickly is we saw multiple quarterbacks on the field in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles game. It was a play that actually got broken up and didn't actually happen. But if you were watching it, uh, Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts on the field together. Carson gets it, hands it off behind him to Jalen Hurts, who runs to, towards the right sideline, then turned around and he was going to throw it back laterally behind, behind backwards towards Carson Wentz to throw another one. and to throw another one. I know it's not the first time we've seen that, but my thing that I brought up, Truth of the Week last year, was that I think 25 years from now, we will think back to the days when you only had one quarterback on the field. Episode my, 53, Truth of the my Week. My question to you, Coach Danny, is what do you think about that? Am I, am I off my rocker? Totally, am I crazy? I totally disagree, and I think you are <laughs> off your rocker. Okay. A little bit. Here's my reasoning. Okay? If you... First of all, if you have two quarterbacks out there, then you don't have one good one, in my opinion. Oh, 1A, 1B. Hold on. Here's my thought. When you throw like a fleet flicker pass, like a Julian Edelman gets a pass from Tom Brady, throws it downfield, yep. there's the element of surprise. Yeah. If Jalen Hurts comes in and plays wide receiver on defense, aren't you ready that Jalen Hurts may be the guy that's going to make that play? Who are you fooling? Well, my, well just like an RPO, like, like as in like a, the run-pass option, right. is, is a quick one or two-second trickery to kind of separate the defense so that some of them have to cover the, the possible handoff you're doing. And then if the, the quarterback's eyeing it down and, and then he decides, okay, no, they're covering the run. I'm going to throw it. So what I mean is in, in a complicated offense that I can't quite even comprehend yet, if you have two of these happen within two seconds and picture that you don't have a Sam Darnold, picture you have two Jalen Hurts. Right. Okay, so both of them can They'd catch. have to be mobile. They both yeah. have to be athletes. Someone has to be able to play receiver. Well, they're doing it right now in New Orleans a little bit. Yeah, and this is what I mean. So with Drew Brees, They've though. They've done been doing it. What I mean is 25 years from now, when you have multiple athletic quarterbacks and, and there's a team doing it that's, and some team can't solve it, it gets mimicked. Hugh, what's with this 25-year nonsense? Could it be it's five? It's freaking happening. I know. You said it 32 episodes ago. It's a week-to-week league. I, what are you talking about? Your kids. To me, it's a it's, gimmick like the Wildcat. See, it ultimately I, and I disagree. Work, it I ultimately think, doesn't work better than having one good The fact remains, she, sure. people are still drafting and game planning for and against the two quarterbacks. I got Sean Payton. But are they game planning them in the game together? Sorry. As soon as you see Taysom run out, I'm sure they have a defensive okay. package. Slowly. Right? I'm just curious and excited to where this could all go. Anyway, you I think, just wanted your insight. You think there's going to be some direct snaps out to the wide receiver, like to the I don't, back of quarterback? I love, That'd be pretty cool. I love creative, offensive football, and sometimes I get so excited for it that I might not even be so right. So let me end it at this. Until you see it consistently happen in the college game, yeah. you will not see it happen in the NFL consistently because the college game is easier to do because there's not a good of players. There's more variety of sure. offenses. And then that's where it will build into the NFL. I don't think it will ever permanently happen, but I, I, I like the thought of it, maybe watching it. Yes, and I also agree that it'll start in college. Just like other phenomenons, like like the spread offense 20 years ago wasn't wasn't played by every NFL team. Now, wasn't played by any NFL borderline, it's almost everybody except Cam's New England Patriots right now. Anyway, uh, just wanted to get your reaction to that because it's something I'm very excited about, and we will see. Uh, you know you're right. That's why you asked. I hope I am. <laughs> I hope I am. I want to say to my kid watching Josh Allen play 15 years from now, hey, we don't know who's going to throw this. There's three of them on the field. Okay. Survivor. Survivor pick quickly. We got it. I don't always have a pick, but we always got to talk about it. Who's your pick? Do you have a pick? Yes. Let's hear it. I'm I'm taking the LA Rams. Whoa. At Washington. Whoa. Football team. Because road games are the same as home games. (laughs) Exactly. Home is the new road. If you know me and my rooting, I was saying whoa to anything. Yeah, you just say that. Okay. Um, Also a bad survivor week. Out of the juggernauts. Forgot to make the pick. Yeah, Greg told me. Kamish came to the house, talked to him so much, thought I made the pick in my mind. Still alive in the high roller with the Rams. Danny Dimes almost stole it, but we survived. You got the Rams last week? Or this yeah, week? you hit the Rams last week. Barely survived. Uh, I am cranked up to 80% Ravens on this week's high roller survivor. We'll be confirming later this week. I got 5% Dallas. Well, I'd, I'd lean towards the Ravens. And after hearing you guys talk about and taking the Chargers, I was at 15% Saints because I really don't see the kid beating any of these three legends in his first start. Like, really taking your lumps, old school kid. Yep. You know? 
So probably going to fall back on the Ravens. I do think Joe gives them a fight. But, uh, you know, circled wins or circled wins. And I definitely don't want to be kicked out of this pool taking Dallas against my former Giants. So happy Survivors if you're still out there. And remember, if I crack that 60K, big up. Party of Centennial. Maybe there'll be beer here next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you comprehended, BYO everything. If you coach. comprehended that 80% survivor pick Mike just gave you, uh, you're 80% welcome. <laughs> Hop on the Ravens flock, but I'd watch out for my man cigar smoking Joe Burrow. I think he's going to have a great game against the Ravens upset special of the week. Watch out. Okay. Uh, quickly, uh, <laughs> Danny, Coach Danny, I got a bet for you. Uh, we, weird Mike mentioned about 11 minutes ago, and I bet a couple of our Look Who's Talkers are squirming in their seats listening to this, that he won a couple of MHL scoring titles back in the day. And I want to go with you. You might have inside knowledge of this. Are you going to go over one and a half MHL scoring titles or under one and a half MHL scoring titles? I, I don't know. I didn't know there was any leagues below the GTHL. <laughs> Uh, that was before my time in the GTHL and I'm going under one and a half. Uh, next week, I will have the proof. The trophies were actually given to me from Papa Weird, uh, redoing the garage. Medville Community Your dad Center. gave you the trophies? No, he said, get them out of my house. I want to see these stats. Medville Community Center, pizza and a pop there at the bank. Renzo's oh, giving baby. you a bunch of extra assists. Anyway, uh, okay. Quickly, quick truth of the week for you. Here we go. Truth of the week. Yeah, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. Okay. Uh, truth of the week, folks. The NFL is not supposed to be easy. Winning in the NFL, not supposed to be easy. Quarterbacking in the NFL, not supposed to be easy. What am I getting at? When I was watching the Packers-Falcons game last night, I saw, yeah, and I'm on Aaron Rodgers. Pissed off all-world talent. I love Aaron Rodgers. So this isn't bashing him or the season the Packers are having. But beware, because they're on their bye week ne- this week, and that's the last time the public saw the Packers absolutely making offense look easy against the Falcons, throwing to wide-open guys on fourth and three like they're not even playing defense. Wide open on fourth and three. Wide open touchdowns to some guy named Tanyan that no one's ever heard of before. So my question is this. Is Green Bay suddenly the most amazing offensive team we've ever seen to the point where they're throwing to wide open receivers, just like Dak Prescott was throwing to wide open receivers against the Falcons, just like Nick Foles was throwing to wide open receivers against the Falcons. So just remember when you're watching stuff on, uh, on TV and you see uh, a quarterback throwing to wide open guys and getting great yards and great stats, ask yourself who they're playing because NFL is not supposed to be that easy. Okay, if you see a quarterback zinging in these tight holes or like Russell Wilson throwing beautiful, arching deep balls right into where they're, where they're supposed to be, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers played bad. I'm not, saying he didn't, I'm not even saying he didn't play great. But he looked like a wizard last night. So I'm just warning you about the spread that Green Bay will get two weeks from now. And watch out because I would bet against them because the public just saw them look like wizards on national television. And I think the Falcons would look, make me, you, you, and Huck Daddy look like wizards as well. Just like the four of us and Luke could probably run for 200 yards against the Cowboys. Watch out who the teams are playing when you're seeing these magical stats. Just be careful because Green Bay is not rewriting how to quarterback. They didn't have their two best receivers last night. And these guys were open by 10 feet. Beware of stats that don't matter. Beware of defenses that are making, depleted defenses that are making quarterbacks look better than they even are. True of the week. So you got the Houston Texans coached by interim Romeo Cromel. Yes. Against the Green Bay Packers in week seven. There you go. Blind spread pick? Blind spread pick. I'm taking the Texans. Wow. I won't, I'm not saying I put it in Hugh picks. No number out. I want to see the number, but I'm telling you right now, Based on the way I understand Vegas, I think it's, pu- it's going to be double digits. I think Vegas, the public, yeah, it will, and it'll probably be like fourteen and a half, and that'll be too Ooh. much against Deshaun Watson, something like that. Okay, especially lose to the Jags. All right, quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, are <laughs> <laughs> uh, listening, Jeff. You don't have to keep talking faster. In week one, right before week one, I gave you my Super Bowl pick, which was the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Uh, I say in Tampa because the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. Weird Mike, your Super Bowl pick was? Lame. What, what was it? 
You always barred and bombarding me. I, I, my whole thing was well, that I'm week to week. I'm not giving one. Okay. I was I'm, trying I'm, to remember I'm, if you actually gave I'll, one. I'll look. I gave you one. I gave you a non-winning. I gave you two teams that would be there. Okay. Who were they? And They were from know, the same conference? <laughs> <laughs> I know you really want Coach Dan's Super Bowl pick, yes, so I I'm will defer to, remind, to the second half of the season. trying to remind the listeners who you picked. That's it. A lot's happened since then, Jeff. As I like to say to my players, to anybody I coach, we're going to take it one week at a time. <laughs> no, no, you no, tell no, him, no. Coach. No, I'll give him. I'm going to give you my Super Bowl pick. Yes. And, and this, is, this is not piggybacking off Jeff, but I have the same two teams in the Super Bowl. Shut up, Angeletti. Okay? <laughs> I got Kansas City in Tampa Bay. The difference is... I got Tom winning lucky number seven at wow. home in Tampa Bay. 31-24. Let's go. Wow. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If I can throw five touchdowns when I'm 43 years old, well, that's more touchdowns than I've thrown when I was way younger. Either way, he looked really good. Age doesn't hit everybody the same. He's got some weird sort of uh, let's farve and go cream that he's rubbing on himself. I don't know. Advancement in technology. I hope he plays till he's 50. I love the NFL with Tom Brady, and I love these Buffalo Bills right now. I want a non-Brady boner show companion. Everybody you bring on has got a freaking hard on for Brady. Yeah, because he makes us money. And he's... Ah. The, yeah, we keep betting against him. We'll see how that goes. I do like his... I was at the pirate ship, though. All right, anything for Shut the Huck Up? Go Titans. Ooh. So is that a Muskoka Brewery versus a 2-4 a Canadian? No, I think they're... No, yeah, whoever, whoever wins is bringing the beer next week. So I'd, we don't have to, I'd settle for a bush light at this point. We don't have to <laughs> drink the berry bla half berry blast. For all you Lucas Talkers, thanks for listening. You guys are far and awesome. Oh, and our standings for Hugh Picks Point Spread Championships. Keep on sending in those picks. We absolutely far and love you. And these standings are... Podium. Yeah, just the podium. Just the podium. By the you way, I got a shout out. You got to make the podium. I'm still in the lead at 19 and 5. I think you're leading the country, Hugh. Yeah, I hope so. Okay, we got James Duhamel, number two, at 17 and 7. Wow. We got Jake Friskney, uh, goalies go, at 15 and 8. We got Mike Mattersbacker at 14 and 10. Oh, some old hostilities coming through there. We got Skip Harrison Morrison on the doorstep. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Who's in last? Harris is actually 14 and 9 as well. So tied with Mattis Backer with wins. And uh, that's all. I got to get that right. Sorry. He sent me a correction. Either way, uh, Visk Daddy at the bottom. Uh, hey, it's a long season, buddy. We love you. For all you Lucas Talkers, remember to press that subscribe button. Thank you to Coach Danny for visiting us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. God bless you. We hope you come back anytime for halftime adjustments. And uh, let's see how our Super Bowl turns out. I hope this comes down to a big bet Super Bowl weekend. I'll take the kid. Episode 79. I'll be having Huck Media and Team I Will. Thank you very much. Cheers. Uh, it ain't easy. That's my model drinking Tango Ray straight out the bottle. Everybody want to know if I'm insane. My baby mama got a mind full of silly games. And all the drama got me stressing like I'm hopeless. I can't cope me in the home smoking roaches. Because we broke late night hanging out to the sunrise. Getting high watching the cops roll by. It ain't easy. That's right. It ain't easy. Yeah. Being me, well, I see the penitentiary, or will I stay free?